welcome again to Rhythms of Grace, where I am playing host for Nate, who is away for a little while. And we have another special guest today who's been on the podcast before, Christine Anderson. Welcome. It's great to be here. Yes. (laughs) And today we are going to talk about an interesting topic that I think will be um, uh, relevant and uh, hopefully informative for uh, many people. We are going to talk about the twin topics of environmentalism and veganism. Yeah. Is, is vegan an ism? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, now we're, we're taking kind of a sidetrack uh, tr- side here for a few episodes while Nate is away. He will be back and we'll continue uh, on this series where he's uh, asking some hard Old Testament questions and uh, we talk about that. But this is still based on a question that I had for Christine, and that's why I welcomed her to the show, uh, based on a verse that I asked her. And so, um, but before we go dive into that, let's just talk about veganism, which is something that we've talked about before offline. And I remember asking you why you were vegan and your journey towards that. Can you just take a moment and share that journey with everyone? Yeah, so... Um I have been vegetarian for a long time. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. It's just part of part of growing yep. up on the West Coast, right? Um, but when I was in college, I started learning more about the environmental effects of specifically factory farming um, and the way that factory farming harms people, harms animals, harms the environment. Um, and I was feeling really convicted, so I talked my brother into going vegan. Um, and I was not because I love cheese and ice cream. Those are like two of my favorite foods. Um, and so after a while we were, you know, he was like, okay, I've made this decision. Um, and he was like, I, I hear that you haven't made that decision that you talked me into doing. Um, and the Hypocrite. thing, yeah, I know I felt, I felt that way, uh, when he called me out like that. And the thing that he said that really stuck with me because, I don't really uh, give in to peer pressure, Mm. but what he said that stuck with me that actually kind of pushed me um, to make that lifestyle change toward veganism was he said, um, if you know and believe that something is right, why would you let a temporary worldly pleasure stop you from doing it? And I was like, oh my gosh, my brother is not a believer. He is like, yeah, I... And I was like, man, if, if he's setting this example for me, what type of example, like, yeah, I, I need to be setting this example for, for the people in my life. Right. Um, so that was the food for thought for me. Okay. So it comes from more of a moral conviction, more so than a health reason. That's correct. Okay. So you have any health, uh, like Does cheese do anything to you health-wise? Yeah. So actually, since I made that decision, um, I've been on like a kind of a crazy health journey of finding out uh, I have a lot of intolerances and like stomach problems. And one of those is dairy. So it has actually ended up, after I made that decision, being working out for the best. Okay. But. So, yeah, I I have seen videos and documentaries of... uh, animals being cooped up and all that and and it's horrifying but tell us more about like how does it harm people yeah so um factory farming 
Well, there are a couple different ways. One is um, in the, the factory farms and especially like the food processing where, where the animals, are, the slaughterhouses mm-hmm. that factory farms use. Um, first of all, mostly hire uh, like temporary workers, immigrants mm-hmm. um, who don't have really any rights or any options. Um, and so they're able to kind of work them to death in, in unsafe conditions Um the supply lines are usually unsafe, unsanitary. Um, we saw that as like one of the, the main reasons of supply shortages. So many factories um, processing chicken, processing all, all of, the, you know, that's the poultry shortage. It's because the mistreatment of workers, the number of workers crammed together, the unsanitary conditions, it caused COVID, right? It gave it the opportunity to spread yeah. rampantly. Um, and that kind of highlighted a problem that's already been there for for decades. Um, in addition to, you know, you always see in, in the vegan documentaries, you see like in the mistreatment of animals, like men raping pigs or like all of these like really terrible images. And you're like, well, that's like that man must be evil. Right. But psychologists have done studies and seeing animals mistreated in the way, like when you're working on a chicken factory farm, you're, you're literally stepping on baby chickens mm. um, and, and crushing them. And there's no choice. And that psychologically makes such an impact on people, right? It's not like, oh, well, really awful people work at factory farms. Right. It's like working in those conditions where you are forced to harm animals and, and each other. It, it's psychologically damaging. <laughs> mm. So Wow. So um, have you... Now, how long have you been vegan? Um, about three and a half years now. Wow. So it's not like you haven't had moments where you've eaten a little cheese or dairy or, or are you like I super strict on it or is it like? Yeah. I'm fairly strict. Okay. I would say I'm because I, I work in ministry and specifically people ministry. Um, it's a, a lot of times like I'm making the moral decision of like, is it more beneficial to ask if this has dairy in it and be that person at a dinner gathering mm. or to just eat what's given to me and not like wound this relationship? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it is a balance of okay. like, sometimes I don't ask questions, but okay. if I know I'm strict, if that makes oh, sense. Yeah, totally. Man, I, ju- I just gave a sermon on not veganism, but that whole living wisely mm-hmm. uh, just a couple weeks ago. That's really interesting. So, um, so, like, talk about the connection between veganism and the environment. Yeah. So, again, I think veganism, it is mostly, like, factory farms, which is where we get 98% of our meat. Um, and each one has, has just such an impact on the environment, whether it's, you know, we all know about cows and the CO2 emissions. <laughs> um, but also, you know, like, fishing. Factory fishing takes up, uh, I think it's something like, 60% of what is caught is re-released, but then all those dolphins, all those fish, all oh those, yeah. everything, they're all wounded. That's it. When they s- scrape the net nets across, it's destroying coral reefs. Okay. Um, you know, it's just all of those. Uh, I think, you know, anytime there's like big business, right, there's a lot of waste. Yeah. Um, all the imperfect foods that get, you know, the, the chickens that get stepped on just get thrown out, right? It's just that, that like lack of care. Um, that happens on such a big scale. Yeah. Yeah, so I've heard, not a lot, but some Christians use Genesis chapter 2 
uh, where God commands Adam and Eve and says, uh, let me see, verse 20, uh, let me find it. Why can't I find it now? Um, 28. Oh, wait. Is it Genesis 128? One, oh, is it 1? Okay, Genesis chapter 1. Yes. Yes. You would think I had the whole Bible memorized. <laughs> right? My phone is really acting weird. Oh, he, okay, here we go. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Oh, uh, so, yeah, God commands uh, Adam and Eve. It says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Like, subdue sounds like a pretty harsh word. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to subdue an attacker, attacker. And it says, Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. I've heard some uh, maybe far whatever, radical Christians say, like, this. see, God commands us to, to uh, gives us the freedom to, maybe not their words, but in mind, exploit the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, like, and, and that goes very, that, that's very different from kind of the message that you're, you're saying here. Mm-hmm. Uh, help us kind of walk through that passage a bit. Yeah, so I think um, one of the important things reading this passage that I think about is um, the fact that, first of all, it came before the fall. Um, This, like, command to subdue the earth um, and to rule over the fish in the the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature, that was um, when we were still perfectly in line with God's will. Um, before we had our own desires, our, well, I mean, we had our own desires, but they were in line with God's, <laughs> right? But before we started deciding what was good and what was evil. Um, and it kind of, it brings to mind another verse of, um, you know, like, wives be subject to your husbands, mm-hmm. right? Where it's not so much, um, I think, a command to, like, destroy the earth, right? Or to, <laughs> like, bend it to our yeah. will. It's subdue, bend it to God's will, right? It's... Um, yeah, I, I appreciate adding in rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature. Because again, in, in God's perfect uh, like world, ruling over means, means looking out for what's best for every creature, every bird, and doing what's best not just for them, but for God's world mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah. Um, which includes meeting our needs. Like I don't think it's inherently wrong to eat meat, right? Like Jesus ate fish. Um, and so... But it, but it does mean caring for what God has given us and has entrusted into our care. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, the word subdue uh, doesn't mean exploit. It actually means a steward. Yeah. Which if you're stewarding something, that, and, and that's the whole point of creation care. Mm-hmm. You're stewarding the earth that God has given us as humanity for our good and for his glory and for future generations, right? Yeah. Uh, and there are other people who would say, well, doesn't the Bible endorse eating animals mm-hmm. like meat? What, what would you say to that? Like, because as a vegan, there's there's this moral conviction, but there's also this other like uh, like command mm-hmm. or, or practice where meat is slaughtered and sa- in the Old Testament sacrificed and even eaten. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do you reconcile that? Yeah, I, I would say um, I am not as... Uh, I think my moral conviction does not really so much extend to we shouldn't ever eat animals. Mm. Like, that is absolutely wrong. Um, I think that, yeah, we see in the Bible that animals are killed, they are eaten, they are sacrificed, they are, um, 
you know, like sacrificed in our stead, right? Because, mm-hmm. God, you know, how much more does God care for us yeah. than, than the sparrow? But at the same time, I mean, the, the laws, uh, you know, kosher laws, the whole point of, of a lot of those was, you know, do not cook the the babe in the mother's milk yep, right yep. or like um those things that are are supposed to be just helping us keep in mind that though it's okay to eat meat we should still be doing it in a way that cares for the animals that is mm-hmm. respectful for to god's creation um and i think yeah my choice to to be vegan i don't think is like the only way we can steward god's creation well mm-hmm. but i think um it's it's one way that we can choose to um follow god's god's instruction to mm-hmm. steward his creation yeah so tell me uh, so being vegan and this is less like going go, going from the bible to more practicalities of being vegan what is it about like milk which is like comes from the cow it's not it's not like you have to slaughter the cow or anything or even eggs which is a you know uh comes from like a hen or, or uh, i'm sorry is it hen yeah hen. <laughs> <laughs> um uh like it's not like you're harming the animal itself. So tell, like, and may, maybe this is more veganism, more so than like o- Old Testament. Um, ju- yeah, just curious about that. Um, yeah. So uh, again, when I was first convincing my brother, one of <laughs> one of the things that we were talking about was um, actually just the amount uh, more suffering that occurs as a result of actually the dairy and the eggs compared to the meat because a hen raised for meat uh, because of the hormones, because of the, you know, like terrible conditions. That's I think like six weeks for between birth and slaughter for a hen. Um, But for a laying hen, they're kept alive for six months in the same conditions of being trampled, being close to, you know, like no room, no light. Um, And for cows, it's kind of the same where, like, a meat cow is raised, given enough food, like, you know, they're, they're fat, yeah. and then they're, they're slaughtered cruelly. But um, the, the milk cows are actually forced to, you know, in order to keep producing milk, yeah. um, a- again, on the factory farm level. Yeah, right, I'm not right. talking about small farmers. Okay. Uh, but oh, that, that was my next question. But yeah, 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 yeah. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, so uh, on the factory farm level, right, they're like having to have calves constantly and then uh. they're immediately taken away so that they can be slaughtered um, and they're milked until they're dry and then they're either slaughtered or they're, you know, forced to give birth again and um, usually like like injected right um and so all of these like really cruel and and ongoing processes that affect our our dairy cows and our laying hens more than um a factory farm hen that is hormonally grown and slaughtered in six weeks okay so yeah like as soon as you're talking about that i I thought of at least a couple friends uh, one of which is Nate, who yeah. owns a, a farm. I was going to say small farm. It's not that small. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe small compared to others. You know, and they have chicken and they, ha- I mean, their chickens lay eggs all the time. That, that seems to be a different situation than a factory farm. Mm-hmm. And so how does, how does that play into the whole equation? Yeah, I uh, legitimately, um, you know, there have been different times in my health journey where I've been, um, you know, ki- kind of like considering uh, trying to incorporate eggs into my diet for various, mm. you know, health mm-hmm. reasons or, um, you know, like broth. Um, and in that journey, I, I do think 
that's that's how God intended for stewardship to to occur, right? Is right. in the care of animals, which then nourish us, right? Like that's the order of the world, whether it's in the wild or um, in domesticated society, is we care for an animal, which then sustains us in some way, and um, and it's mutually beneficial. Um, and that's like a, an agreement we've we've made with this animal, right? Right. right. Um, and I think that that is that is different from factory farming because of the care for the animals, the effect on the environment, and the effect on, you know, Nate. Well, I'm I don't know about I think Nate. Yeah, he loves his chickens. I definitely know his kids <laughs> love. The chickens. I was gonna say his kids yeah, love the chickens. That's what I was gonna say. Like uh, they have names and everything. Right? Yeah, yeah, and they love the pigs and. Um, <laughs> And, you know, they, they care for them well. And yeah. so it's beneficial for, for the environment, for the family, um, for the animals. Um, and I, I think the, the reason that I chose veganism instead of selective uh, um, um, omnivorianism. Yeah, something okay. like that. Um, instead of, like, selectively choosing is, for me, again, being in, like, a social ministry, it's yeah. – um, and it's easier for me to go into someone's home and, and like them know, oh, this is this person mm-hmm. is vegan. I know what to feed them. Uh, Instead of me going in and, and pulling a Portlandia and saying like, where were these <laughs> eggs raised, right? Like, uh, yeah. can you give me the address of the farm you got this cow from? Yes. Um, because I think that's that's more hospitable and it's mm-hmm. um, it, it allows me to follow my convictions while loving others well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, this is a real education for me. So my wife is also very particular about the kinds of eggs we buy and the meat we buy. You know, we'll buy we'll buy like half a cow from a farmer, or, you know, instead of uh, you know all, all this stuff. And early on in our marriage, I like did not understand this at all. Yeah. Right. All, all, I I remember saying like, look, I could buy a gallon of milk, regular milk, for like ninety nine cents, and you want me to buy this organic stuff, whatever, <laughs> yeah. what this free or that free, like for for like six bucks. Mm-hmm. Like what? And and I mean, over the years, that has changed for me. Where genuinely the taste and the flavor and, and, and the thing and the quality is so much better. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm a real novice at this. One of the things that we talk about is just the whole GMO phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have Bill Gates who's like, yep, at one, some point, like all food is going to be genetically modified. Mm-hmm. And uh, others who are like, no, this is horrible. It's unhealthy and this and that. And um, like, what is your take? And again, it's just your take. Um, uh, unless there's other things that you see linked to the Bible, I'd love to hear that because this is something that Amy and I talk about, and obviously she's on the side of like, no, GMOs are not good. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not healthy and this and that. And I, I'm kind of like, no, I believe you, I trust you, uh, but I'm not sitting there when I go out to dinner with somebody thinking, oh, does this thing I order have GMOs? Yeah. So, like, this is a, a sincere, like, curiosity education question for me. Yeah. What I, are your I, thoughts on that? I guess for me, GMOs are are a different. Um, they're they're kind of in a different grouping because I can see how um, different. It, you know, it, it is in some ways stu- good stewardship of what God has given us, right? Like mm. uh, creating, uh, you know, using the the corn that God created and um, giving it extra uh, the ability to survive harsh summers and harsh winters, you know, like those sorts of things that, um, then allowed us to multiply what God has given us and feed thousands more than we would have otherwise been able to do. Mm. So like in those ways, I can see the benefits of GMOs and, Mm. and genetically modifying products so that, um, 
so that again, yeah, we can, um, feed the starving mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. provide for those in need. So in that way, it's like, I, I guess I'm pro GMO, okay. but then on the other end, I think that at the same time, like it comes down to also like good stewardship of your own body, right? Like I'm yeah. pro that on, on the broad scale, but okay. also, um, you know, I think that a lot of times it does take a little bit of extra research to find out like, okay, maybe this is good if you're starving, but is this the best way I can be taking care of my body right now? Okay. Um, is this completely like, is this going to harm me long-term even yeah. if it sustains me today? Yeah. Um, and I think that those are different considerations if, um, you know, you're like me, like fresh out of college, starving, <laughs> uh, you know, Poor. like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, versus if you have the ability to, to yeah. make those decisions, um, same with, you know, like, yeah, m- making uh, ethical decisions in, s- uh, in terms of what we buy, like to an extent, that's going to be different depending on whether or not we can afford to make an yeah. ethical decision. But I think that, um, yeah, it's important to to be aware of the, okay. the impact on your body, but also the impact on the world when we're discussing GMOs. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know that's much, the questions like this are much more important for younger generations than, let's say, older generations, yeah. right? <laughs> like, where is this sourced from? Or, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's clothes or consumer goods or food and everything else. And and for, for me, a lot, I mean, this journey for me is, is a lot more practical mm-hmm. than it is ethical. You know, like, I... I I drink almond milk now, um, and I don't complain when I don't have regular whole milk. And part of it is because, like, oh, I just, yeah, I, I've gotten used to the taste, and it's good, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and the journey for me has been, like, there's a, incre- a number of substitutes, uh, healthy and otherwise, uh, that Amy uses that, I, and again, I don't know if this is good or bad, but for me, it's just like, man, it, it, this tastes awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this w- brown rice spaghetti is, like, not only as good, but better than like mm-hmm. regular spaghetti, um, and so uh, yeah, I, and that's and so that's why I was curious about this and wanted to hear more about your journey because for me it, it is more more experiential and practical yeah. than it is social or ethical. But I'm still learning, and yeah. I, I love hearing different perspectives on this. Yeah. Um, a- any other thoughts on environmentalism, veganism? Um, that you might want to encourage our listeners in terms of things to consider or uh, things, final things you want to say about it? Yeah, I guess um, just a c- couple final thoughts. Well, one, um, as you were saying earlier, like that the, the meat that you get from like the small farms, it, you know, tastes better and the milk is, you know, like richer, that like small farm stuff is, is better. It's interesting also as you read about the environmental impacts, it's like, Oh, the way that it affects the flavor or like mm-hmm. the way that a, a, a frightened animal, the hormones uh, yeah. make the meat taste sour or, you know, uh. just those different things um, compared to, right, like a like a fresh n- Kimball farm pig <laughs> uh, might be. That's going to be some tasty bacon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then also I think I would just encourage um, anyone listening to like take this journey for yourself with God Um yeah, praying over, like, how how is God asking you to steward the earth well? Because um, I don't think that that looks the same for everyone. Because there are a lot of different options of how we can um, love one another well and love the earth well. Yeah. Um, and so I would just encourage people to um, 
yeah, not not be afraid to do the research thinking like, oh, I think at first I was like, I don't want to read that book because I know what it's going to say. <laughs> yeah. It's going to tell me that there is one path forward and I don't want to take it. Um, but I just, I would encourage people to to do that research and, and n- not feel like there's only one path. Okay. Well, as you were saying that, I w- we were going to close, but j- another curiosity question, because that that whole framework goes beyond just food. Mm-hmm. When I think of like automobiles, yeah, pollution, right? Like that that spread that spreads to other areas of life. Like, I mean, just yeah. And so, in what ways does that view for you affect other areas of your life? Yeah, I, it definitely uh, affects the decisions I make. Like DTE lets you choose where you get your power, whether you want um, like. Uh, solar or mm. whether you want to go with gas um, and yeah I think for me honestly and sh- maybe shockingly in today's age like veganism is the cheapest and most of af- like the the most effective for the price if that yeah, makes yeah. sense for uh-huh. the amount that I'm having to to spend on that uh, but if you're in a different position like there might be other ways that that you can yeah, be be stewarding the environment well. Like you mentioned, like with what car you drive, how much you drive. Um, Which I know you do a lot of walking. I do, a, yeah, that, that also. So say more about that. Yeah, I actually, I um, it, when I first moved here, I did not have a car, and that was partly um, financial, but it was also partly because I think walking is um, healthy for us and healthy for the world, right? <laughs> and so... I'm actually going to be like, you know, moving to a new apartment soon. And the one thing I was looking for was, is it walkable? Can Mm -hmm. I walk to the grocery store? Can I walk to the coffee shop so that I'm not having to emit so much, right? Because I can't afford an electric vehicle, (laughs) but I can (laughs) afford to walk places. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, no, so this has huge implications socially, ethically, spiritually, culturally, relationally, and... uh, yeah, thanks for your insights and my continuing education in this <laughs> whole area. And uh, um, and we'll see you again next week as we continue our issues and uh, uh, questions in the Old Testament. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, Christine. Thank Here's you. a oh, wrong, wrong. <laughs> Here's the applause for you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> they were not laughing at you. I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> yeah. And here we go with the closings music and we'll see you again next week i'm still trying to learn this whole thing but <laughs>